I don't know what the week is, but it's the second week in January, and you're listening to the second episode of Board Game Mechanics. That's right, we changed our name since the first episode. We are now Board Game Mechanics, or The Board Game Mechanics, because I guess if you look up game mechanics, there's like, what, a hundred of them? Yeah, a lot. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, today we are going to have news, and we're going to discuss... BGM con, we're going to call it. More information about that later. And then we're going to talk gateway games because I guess that's another obligatory topic for a gaming podcast. So um, we'll get it out of the way early. Uh, anyway, I uh, I am Joel and with me as always is Jason. And just got to say, this podcast thing is amazing. It's really fun. It is really fun. Uh, yeah. So right off the bat, I want to just talk about our amazing fan base here that we have just uh, an initial little start of the fan base, a, a kernel of, of a flock of fans. And we have come up with the best name. We didn't come up with it, actually. We kind of did, but I think it was more a suggestion on the Facebook page that our followers be called the Riveted. I think that's so cool. It really is. It's amazing. It, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and then... And then the other things that I want to talk about just as a celebration of how awesome this is going is before this second episode came out, we hit 100 listens, which is amazing. My first podcast I ever did, it was hosted. It was hosted on a on a uh, on the same podcast server for 4 years, and over the course of 4 years, it got 9 listens. <laughs> so this one getting 100 in, in in a week is pretty great. So that's that's that. But as always, we're going to talk news. And Jason, you're our news guy. What do you got for us? Yeah, I just have one quick piece because it's a game that I really, really am into. And I saw on Facebook that the design, well, one of the guys I follow on Facebook is designing an expansion to Trickerian. It is called Trickerian Academy. Hmm. And I mean, the game's already pretty huge. So this is just going to make it even bigger and way more crunchy. And. You're going to get to play it solo, which I'm super pumped about because not everybody wants to play this beast of a game with me whenever I want to play it. That's uh, that's good news. I actually really am starting to like the solo aspect too. Uh, fan, my fanboy is going to come out again here. Stonemeyer Games has a <laughs> has a solo variant for like all their games, and uh, they have these really cool Automa decks that are with it. They call them and um, just just an awesome awesome. Um, like ability to be able to play by yourself because there's just very few people out there who are as fanatical about board games as I am. Yeah, um, it it takes a special breed of people to be this excited about board games. That's for sure. Right, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going through all the good podcasts to get to ours, <laughs> and you're probably a really fanatical person too. So I think you'd probably like solo plays as well. Right. Uh, if if you're one of our riveted, as we're going to start saying all the time, because it's so cool. And we appreciate those people who will take the time to dive into the little peons of the podcast world to discover us. We appreciate you a lot. <laughs> For sure. Um, now, on news, I want to talk real quick about two things on Kickstarter, if we can, just for a second. And I'm totally throwing this at you for the first time. I don't know if you know anything about it or not, but this is where my faith with you is at. Like, I am pretty sure that you 
you know whatever I throw at you. Uh, just you're more on top of board game news than I am. So the ones I want to just real quick mention are, did you see the the Kickstarter for the U-Boat game? It's not out yet, but it's just been like previewed. I did. I don't yeah. know if you saw yeah, that. The little board is like a boat and you build it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty sweet looking. Yeah, and it's it's app driven, but even being app driven, I think it looks pretty awesome. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say it just looks really good. So, um, I, I don't know. That's one that I'm gonna be really tempted by. Um, I think it comes in around seventy bucks to back, but it looks really neat. It looks like it looks like uh, Captain Sonar, but instead of having Captain Sonar be a real like wackadoo, busy, fast game. It's like more like a tactical, make good decisions in real time kind of thing, not fast decisions. So I think it looks really neat, um, and it's fully cooperative um, against the app. So it would take less people to play it well, I think, whereas that's my big thing with, with Captain Sonar is you really have to have eight people to play it like in a way that's a yeah, lot of fun. That's pretty this one I think you can play with like four people, you know? So it, anyway, uh Pretty excited about uh, pretty excited about that that one. The other one I want to just mention real fast because just everyone's going to be talking about it is hate. <laughs> so so cool. Mini has a new Kickstarter out, and it looks like it looks like they had leftover art from Blood Rage and leftover minis from Blood Rage, <laughs> so they're making another game out of that. I mean, like I'm not trying to be totally bashing of this thing, but. I, I love Cool Mini or Not. I mean, just I absolutely love that company. And there's not many games they have that I'm not just all in on. This one I'm going to not back. I mean, I'm just not interested in it. It just seems like it's like the Howard Stern of Kickstarters. Like it's a shock jock version of Kickstarters. I mean, like, I don't know. People are already talking about like being a little off put by the by the like excessive cursing and just over the topness of the video. Um and I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet. It just launched today uh, as of the day of this recording. Um, you did watch the video, though, didn't you? Yeah, I, I literally watched the video right before I said something to you about it earlier. And, I mean, it, yeah, it seems like it's just obligatory cursing for no apparent reason other than to shock you. And also, I mean, it's been on Kickstarter for not even a whole day, and it's already raised like half a million bucks. That That's is insane. insane. Yes. That's insane. That is insane. I whatever. I don't even know what to think about that. So that's what's that's what's kind of going on in the news. Uh, in like in much more regionalized news, uh, we had our first ever board game mechanics con. But <laughs> hey, we had one episode. Let's have a con. Um, and we're just kind of joking, tongue in cheek, calling it a con. But Jason and I had a had a twenty four hour with a slight nap in there. Uh, like I think we slept for maybe five, six hours. That sounds about right. And just started playing more games. Um, but we played a bunch of stuff and it was, I was really surprised at the amount of stuff we got in. I had a great time playing games. Uh, you're, you're a good gaming partner. Your wife was there for all the games too. Uh, she's another one that was really a lot of fun to have to game with. She gets, she gets so serious about games. Like it's, it's atypical for me for like, I don't know. She's really just competitive. And and then you're not super competitive. You're just like I just like to play the game and experience the process, do my best. So it's no, just really fun to watch you guys. She really is competitive, but like I don't usually get competitive, but I love when I can just beat her one time and then I can just rub it in her face. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So what did let's uh I think let's just go through like this is a bonus top six list for you guys or something. What's what was what was uh well, let's go with like what was your like I don't know like third favorite thing we played. And then work your way up to one. All right. Third favorite thing was probably 
I'll go with Scythe. Yeah? Yeah, I think of all the games we played, you had you you pumped that game pretty high. So I was thinking, man, this game's got to be awesome. And then, it just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me like I was expecting it to. But still a great game. I still had fun. So I'd say it was probably the third favorite thing that I played. It it was way it was way more Euro than you thought it was going to be, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. I was expecting a little more conflict, and really, you could not even do that at all and be just fine. Yeah, I, how many stars did you end up getting on the board? I got five stars. Yeah, and you did you win combat? I won one combat and lost one because I had that one round where I did two combats in one turn. Huh. I beat you at one, and then. Katie That's right. The other. That's right. And you just wanted to, you had your objective card and you wanted to have zero power. So you were just like draining power. That was kind of a yeah. fun yeah, little turn fun. you had there. <laughs> so uh, I think that was like maybe the only game I won all weekend. No, I didn't win that one. Kate, yeah. yeah, Katie beat me on that one. <laughs> yeah, Katie won it. <laughs> yeah, that that hurt. I won Viticulture. That's the one I won. Um, but. I, spoiler, Viticulture is probably going to make it on the list. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and just say what my third favorite game was. My third favorite game was probably... I'm going to go with... Uh, I won't say it right. Orleans, Orleans, or Orly... I don't know. Orleans. Here, I'll, uh, I'll, say, I'll say it for you. Say it for me. Orleans. I think it goes something like that. Yeah. Uh, so... I really did enjoy that game. Um, it was just really smooth, and it wasn't very heavy. It had that neat thing of, like, you draw the chits out of the bag. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Puzzle Fighter in that regard. Like, that's like a chip-building game as well. Um, but this one's, like, you place the chips, and it's, like, it's pretty neat. I like how everything came together on that. So I really enjoyed that game. Uh, it's too bad it's out of print and costs, like, more money than I want to spend on a game right now. But... I don't know. It's a it's a good game, and I think it would be. I mean, speaking of gateway games, I think it wouldn't be a gateway, but I think it would be a good next step game, like a game that would be something you might go to after that first initial, you know, play of a couple of little worker placement games, or maybe something you play after you've done a little bit of like maybe deck building, or I don't know. I think it would just be a good next step. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because literally, you're only looking at your player board. And you're putting pieces on your player board to do what you want it to do. It's super streamlined, super simple, and very fun. Right. For sure. Uh, so what else did you enjoy? Let's let's go through your number two, I guess. Um, I think my number two was probably Bruges or Bruges, however you say it. Probably Bruges. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, like, if someone's a Eurogamer like you and they're going to listen to this, they're going to, like, punch through their monitor when they hear this, that I have this game. It sits on my shelf and it like kind of collects dust. And it's it's my go-to Feld game. It's my favorite Feld. But I don't play it nearly enough. And I really enjoyed that one too. I remember it being a good game. I remember there being a lot of things going on with it. Like that's the main thing I remember. But I haven't played it for probably two years. And I remember like there's that little canal thing that you can't totally ignore it. Mm-hmm. Or else you're going to end up just getting wiped, like, wiped, up, wiped away. And then there's that little like influence track in the middle that you kind of have to remember as well. But then you also have to match your cards up with houses. So you spend your cards on that, but then also balancing that with, well, all these cards are so good, I want to use them all. It's just, it's your classic, like, I don't want to use a cliche, but it's your classic Feld point salad where you have to make all these choices and pick the thing you want to do. And then you just don't have anywhere near 
enough actions every round to do what all you want to do. So I, I enjoyed it more than I remembered. I would say that I would put that game at an eight, like squarely an eight, which like with my rankings, an eight is a good keeper game that I'm going to enjoy playing most of the time. And uh, so I did enjoy it. Yeah. This was kind of, go ahead. I liked it. I, it's not my favorite fell by any means. Like I would rather play year of the dragon or, even Aquasphere. I don't know. I have a special place in my heart for Aquasphere because the little stupid octopus meeple things. But <laughs> I, I do enjoy it. I like the everything's driven by color and links to color. I, I don't know. I really like when they really look at those details and you can't just play any card to do what you want. You have to do a specific color to take care of anything of that color. I don't know. That was really awesome to me. Yeah. I, I thought it was neat too. How and it's really once you, it's like hard to like get it to click in your head. But then once it clicks, it's like, oh, okay, this is how everything works now. Okay, I get it. And like, there's some busyness in the cards that doesn't need to be there almost. But it's kind of good to have it as a remember on that side column there. Right. Uh, the real just shame about this game. This is one of those games that you're gonna want to go out and uh, maybe try and find it at a local board game shop because if you live in like a town of like thirty thousand people and you have a board game shop where people aren't like fanatical or like a comic book shop that has some board games you might find a copy out there still but it's just pretty out of print and it doesn't look like it's gonna get reprinted probably anytime soon i'm trying to remember is this one z-man i'm thinking this is a z-man game also uh, yeah i don't remember i didn't really look at the box too much other than seeing stefan feld's name and being excited i i think it is a z-man um and they're just like they're notorious for being bad for reprints. I don't know. Do you know the game Arboretum? That's that little card game about the trees? Yeah. Like that game, I had a copy. I just dumb lucked into one. And then I traded it away for 100 bucks worth of games. And I paid $11 for it. Are you but serious? That game, yeah. That game's like been out of print more than it's been in print by far. And it's not an awesome game. But people who just have this like fear of missing out thing drive the price of that game way up. Um, but that's that's a Z-Man game. And then Bruges is a Z-Man game. And then the other one that we did, I don't. if you're not following us on Facebook, Jason and I do a fair amount of content on Facebook, like not quite on a daily basis, but we do we do a lot of content on there. Like I've gone live a couple times since the last podcast. I think Jason's planning on going live a lot. But one of the live videos that we did in the last week or so uh, was, by the time you listen to this especially, was I, I got out my copy of uh, Clash of Cultures just to kind of explain why that game is worth having. And it's another Z-Man game. And the the designer came out and said, yeah, Z-Man and I are going to part ways. We aren't going to do anything. So uh, anything more in the future. So he loses the rights to the miniatures and the art, but he gets to own the game, like the name and the mechanics and everything like that. So there's a chance he could kickstart it independently or something again, or he could sell the game to somebody else. But it's probably going away, and it's my go-to 4X civilization kind of builder game because it's just so smooth. So anyway, long long way to talk about just how Bruges is out of print and Z-Man's terrible at doing reprints. It's just been one thing after another with Z-Man. So I don't know. You got any other good games that we played this weekend? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say this one, Grand Austria. I don't know if it's your number one that we played this weekend or not, but Grand Austria was awesome. I love that game. Uh, I didn't think I was going to like it that much because it looks a lot heavier than it is, but it's just a nice little set collection, resource collection kind of game. And even though like your wife literally quadrupled our scores <laughs> when she played yeah, us it's and destroyed us by that yeah. much, like I really still enjoyed that game. Like I think we're just really bad at it. I think that's what it is because they have... <laughs> 
Like they have the little like chip markers so you can go up to over 150 points. So her getting like 125 isn't outrageous. Like us scoring 40 is outrageous, I think. <laughs> yes. Outrageously terrible, yes. We are terrible. For sure. The funny thing is I play that game with her all the time. We've probably played that game, I don't know, 15 times. I've maybe come close to beating her one time. She usually goes all the way around the board twice, and I'm still barely halfway around. I don't know what it is, but she just I'm terrible at that stupid game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't can't do it. I, yeah, I have a really hard time with it too. Um, well, anyway, I uh, I enjoyed that game quite a bit. What what was uh, what was your number one? I guess that we played over the weekend. Um, yeah, I'll probably have to roll with Viticulture. Yeah, that that game is so good. I love it so much. Um, I've, and we I've, played it with Tuscany, and I mean that just makes that game complete and great. Yeah, it's so good. I mean. I've played Scythe, which I talked about earlier, and I've also played Charterstone. And by far, Viticulture blows those two out of the water for me. I, it's just so smooth. Like You have to do something in one season that affects the next season, and you really have to be mindful of where you're putting your workers because you want to get bonuses. You don't right. want to waste all your workers in the first two seasons. Right. Oh, it's just amazing. And then it has that thing of like you want to do more than you can, like all worker placement games do. But that game particularly punishes it because if you don't plan well, you'll be like, "Oh shoot, I didn't leave someone to like harvest grapes this season." So now I'm I'm messed up because I can't sell my wine in time to make the points I want to make, and just I don't know. It's it's one of those games that's really it can be punishing at times because of those four seasons, but it also makes it just have something there that's not your totally basic worker placement game. Like I think it's worth. It's worth just saying that that game is a, a notch up from like a lot of things, um, just because of that. And I don't know. I just uh, it's smooth. Like that's the other thing too about the game. Why I really enjoy it. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Like I w- I wish we would have played that one the first day, so we could have played it again the second day. It was that good. <laughs> it was that good. Is it one that you're gonna keep an eye out for, like trying to find a copy cheap or look for it on sales and stuff, kind of thing, or is it just something that you'll be happy to play my copy? Uh, I'd be happy to play yours, and according to my wife, I'm not allowed to buy it. But yes, I'm going to be keeping my eye out on it. <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those too. <laughs> like a wife that says, "Don't buy games." Um, she's actually really good about it. Like she's let me acquire. I think I got the silver board game collector badge on board game geek last week, so that's 250 games, and I just audited my stuff. So that's pretty great that my wife let me have that many games, but she, she doesn't think I need more. <laughs> so, well, of course she doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess the other thing too, is you can really only play one game at a time. So that's, that's definitely a truth, but I don't, anyway, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. <laughs> you can play two at a time. <laughs> I set two games up and then when it's not my turn on one, I go play the other one. That's, I, that would that's work. true I'm gaming like, right there. I'm like war games. That would probably work for sure. <laughs> uh, the uh, the other one is um, the the other one that uh, we played over the weekend that I want to just mention is Covert. I I thought it was okay. It's like one that I won't own. It's a, I'm going to put it in the six, which a six rating for me is like I'll happily play your copy. Um, and I think that was where I was at with Covert. Like I think that was the other game I did win over the weekend. And I think I just dumb lucked into it. But that was that was a decent little game. The dice placement is a mechanic that you seem to really love. Yeah, and that one like pulls that. it off pretty well. I don't know. It looks cool when it's on the table too with those little like spy meeple guys. 
It just yeah. looks neat traveling around the little world, moving your spies around. And it's basically resource or set collection and contract fulfillment at its core. That's all the game is. But it's packaged in a nice, nice presentation. Yeah, we have uh, – it's not a con because we're only going to – it's just a game day coming up in February. But stuff that I want to see hit the table. And, like, leave us a comment on this or tell us which ones definitely need to make the, make it to the table. But I know on my list of stuff that I own that I want to get on the table is Concordia. I'd like to get that one on the table and play it. And then the other one I'd really like to get to the table with you is uh, Great Western Trail. So I think both those games will be things that you and I both really enjoy. Um, but ones that we didn't have time for this last weekend – um, anything on your, I, I know one that's going to be on your list. You already mentioned this game of things that you just are going to burn to want to play next time we get together. Is that Trakirian? Yep. That's what I was yeah. predicting. I do want to play that. And I want you to play Marco Polo if you haven't played that. Cause I think you might dig that. I, you know what? I think I'm really going to like it. Like, I don't know. I just, the more I look at the game, the more I think it's not good. But then the more I read about the game, the more I hear that it's amazing. So, I mean, like, I don't know, just the art to me was a little off-putting. It's a Euro um, game. Of course, yeah, it's going it to look is. terrible. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it looks pretty bad. I mean, the front cover is not the best, but I, just the design and stuff, it just looks dated. But, I mean, it reminds me of games that I played when I was first getting into playing this game. Like, it looks like uh, like El Grande or something. Like, it looks like it's just a little bit of, like, an older game. Yeah, I but I know that. that's not the case at all. Like, it's just, I know it's supposed to be awesome, and it is awesome. And it's got, I think, you know, like, it's got this the thing, like... Um, like in Grand Austria, where you're, you use die for different things, not necessarily for their values and stuff like that, which I think is a cool way to use dice. So that, values do play a little bit more of a role in Marco Polo, but I mean, it's not. You can manipulate it so many different ways that really you can do whatever you want. Right, right. Well, that's about it uh, for what we played this week. Um, I mean, I don't want to even get into anything that we didn't play over the weekend because that was that was the best stuff we did. I just had a really good time, uh, and and so thanks again for you to driving all the way up to the Northern Studio to play. So oh, I, I uh, I'm always up for playing. So if I have to drive three and a half hours, it's worth it. <laughs> I owe you a trip to the Southern Studio or at least a couple <laughs> to the Central Studio. So uh, we uh, that's amazing. We have more studios than we have episodes at this point. So yeah, that is pretty uh, awesome. We're big time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other podcast news that's kind of uh, exciting is uh, we are actively upgrading our equipment and sounds. So I don't know if anyone noticed, but on the first episode, um, you could tell like a little fidelity difference between Jason and myself. Um, not horrible, but I mean, like it certainly was listenable. But I think we're going to end up having a mic upgrade happen uh, for Jason here in the next little bit. So uh, what we do right now, I'm going to tell all of our trade secrets, is that we record separately and then edit together well jason uses a snowball which i think every podcaster starts on a snowball it's a perfectly good mic um but it just has like a limit on like how it is for clarity and brightness um so we're hoping to have an upgrade on that here pretty quickly uh so hang with us if that's something that grates on you that like i sound like i'm in one room and he sounds like he's in the other it should be less that way in the future um but it sounds that way because that's what it is like he's like a couple hundred miles away from me right now. So I can't uh, believe you literally give away our secret. Yeah. I wanted everybody well, to believe that we were sitting right next to each other the whole time. Well, this is for the like most intense of the riveted because this episode probably won't get listened to like <laughs> by the time that we actually have fans. That's so, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, 
So we're working on some upgrades there. But the thing that I really want to bring to your attention is we are getting an amazing number of likes on our Facebook page. We are getting an amazing number of listens. And now the next thing we need to have happen is we need to have you guys rate us on iTunes and in the Google Play Store. Uh, subscribe to us in the Google Play Store and subscribe to us on iTunes. That'll really help us to... Um, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest, the psychology of it is when you have people listening to your show, it makes you motivated to do more episodes. So you'll be doing your part with the game mechanics army or the board game mechanics army uh, by encouraging us to keep going by giving us those listens. But also it's one of those things that I think Jason and I both have a thing of, we want to get some credibility. Um, and in order to get some credibility, we need listens. And in order for us to get those listens, we need credibility. So it's like a catch 22. So we need you guys to listen to us while we still don't have that credibility yet and <laughs> share the word so that we can get more credibility and get things like, you know, access to publishers to do interviews and do things like get press, press coverage for, uh, different cons and things. So those are things that I would love for us to do in the future. And I know Jason would love to do in the future, but in order for us to get those things, Typically, the threshold they want us to see to get those nice interviews, to get those like press credentials and things like that is around a thousand downloads a month. So we got a hundred in a week. We're um, almost halfway there. So if everybody who's listening to this show right now tells one friend, hey, check out these guys, the board game mechanics, and you stick with us, then we're at almost to our thousand. So uh, just do us a favor, guys, and do subscribe, do do uh, leave us a review. And one of the more fun things I told Jason, and I'm going to fill you guys in on as our audience, is we have a fan base in Australia. So if you're if you're down under and you're listening to this, good on you. I'm glad that you're listening. That's that's really fun. Uh, what games do you guys like in Australia? Come to our Facebook page and tell us. And as always, leave us a comment on the Facebook page, and you will be rewarded with the highest of fives. That's what we do. So yep. That's what we do. Anyway. Also, with the interviews, even though we're just a fledgling little podcast, we do actually have amazing. a few people lined up that already want to be on our show. So we're surprisingly big names. Surprisingly yeah. big names. We're not going to reveal those now. They'll come up in the future sometime. But just be on the lookout because it's going to be amazing. Absolutely. So today's feature is uh, is something called our top three gateway games which makes a top six overall because we're we're not gonna have any crossover on this and actually um oh man i hope i don't get in trouble with you jason uh but i'm gonna go ahead and go through there was a extensive poll done on board game geek um where they did the top 10 they they voted for the top 10 uh gateway games and this this happened uh pretty recently so there's some pretty recent stuff on there um like the final results were were last edited yet this year so i mean uh this came out I mean, I'm talking 2018, so this came out like a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, so here are the top 10 games according to the, the forums and the people who voted over at BoardGameGeek, which tend to be people who know what they're talking about. Uh, number 10 was Patchwork. Uh, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a decent little two-player game. I mean, like it's accessible to a lot of people. Um, I If I had my choice of 10 games and it was on it, I would certainly play it, but I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I need to play that. It's like one of those six games where I I own it, but just barely. (laughs) Right. Um, right. And it's something that I bought to try and see if my wife would enjoy playing it, and she's okay with it. So uh, that's why it's in my collection. Um, It's fine. Uh, Number nine was Splendor, which is a game that I really enjoy. Um, I, I know a lot of people have moved on to other games, but I think it still has a place. Like, it's just a good game. It's so simple. It is a good game. 
Um, this one's brand new to the list, and I have not played this one, honestly. And I've heard that like its sister game or wife game is better, and that's King Domino. Um, I've heard Queen Domino is a much better game. Um, I've been really tempted to like pick up a copy of Queen Domino just because it's not too expensive. But yeah, it's the problem- been selling super cheap, like twenty five bucks. The problem is I don't like Carcassonne, and I. I don't know. Like it just looks enough like the gameplay is like Carcassonne ish that I don't know that I'd be into it. So I'm just not into tiling that much, but it apparently is a great gateway game. King Domino, which is even cheaper. King Domino I've seen for as like little as like 13 bucks. So yeah. Uh, Number seven was one that almost made my list of gateway games because I've had a lot of success with kids and playing this game. And that's King of Tokyo. Mm hmm. Number six is Pandemic. I think everybody talks about how Pandemic's a good game to get people involved. It introduces the idea of being in a co-op game. Uh, number five, Sushi Go slash Sushi Party. Card drafting in a real simple way. Uh, get people into other games that are card drafting that are probably more enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, number four is one that I absolutely love. I adore this game. It's, it's great. It plays so fast. And I got my grandfather at 85 years old to play this game. And that is uh, for sale. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was the number four. That was the number four game on the gateway list. That's one that you and I've never talked about. Are you done with that game? Do you know that game at all? I mean, I'm I'm not super huge on bidding and auctioning and stuff. So I'm no, nah, it's a it's a hard pass for me. But I know a lot of people dig it, so that's cool for them. Yeah, I I, I like it quite a bit, and I've had good times with it for sure. Uh, I've I play Biblios over it now, which Biblios has like kind of a similar feel to it uh, yeah. without doing an auction almost. Um, but anyway, that's number four. Number three was Codenames, which I mean, of course, Codenames shows up on every list now. It's like, it's what Dominion was back in 2006. I mean, it's right. everywhere. It's in your it's in your breakfast cereal. It's like, hey, <laughs> buy these buy these uh, Wheaties, and then there'll be an extra promo card for for Codenames in it now. Uh, number two is a game that I already bashed, Carcassonne. I mean, everyone talks about that being a great gateway game. I like that to me feels bad. It feels like. Uh, saying, hey, I want to introduce you to like a type of like food. Here is a dry, stale cracker to put this food on. Like that's what Carcassonne feels like to me. I don't know. Yeah, I played like, that game. I played that game one time, and it—that's yeah, enough. I mean, I don't feel the need to ever play that game again. I, I think it's a lot of nostalgia. Like it's just such a dry game. I just don't like it. Like in my analogy of like saying, like here's some really delicious, like, uh, like. General So's chicken, but I want you to put it on this really dry, stale cracker. Is like what I would like seriously like equate playing Carcassonne with someone is like, hey, there's a whole nother world of awesome games here. Play this really terrible dry one. Um, and then number one is, I mean, pretty obvious. Everyone's choice for oh, this is the gateway game to get people into the hobby. Uh, Ticket to Ride. Um, surprisingly, I don't see Catan like anywhere in the top fifty, even, which is crazy. That is surprising, actually. Yeah, I mean, I don't particularly think it's an amazing gateway game. Um, it was at one time, but there's been a lot better things coming out since then. Yeah. Uh, since it came out, you know, 20 years ago now or whatever. So well, 23 think, years ago. I don't think new definitely or really has anything to do with it because Carcassonne's on there. And that's not really new, but no, it's old too. It's like I think ninety nine or two thousand somewhere in there. Yeah, but I mean, like there was a time though where there weren't. It was like you play Catan or you play like Cosmic Encounter or some other crazy import game. So I mean, I know that there was a time where Catan was making games much more mainstream, but I think we've moved on from that. And this list is kind of kind of it. Um, so anyway, 
Jason and I both have. I don't think I said any of your top three, did I? You did no, not. I, um, we both have a, a three list of games that we think you should check out as far as them being a good gateway game uh, to get people into the hobby or something that you could play with, like maybe your parents or a, a play on a date or with your spouse that would have some success for you that aren't those 10 games. Um, and Jason, you want to go first or you want me to go first? No, I can go first. That's cool. Go ahead. All right. The first game I have, which we also played at BGM Con with your wife as well, who's not a huge gamer, is Dice Town. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Something about this game, it's it's basically Yahtzee with a board, and all the dice are poker cards from 9 through nine through Ace. So you're basically rolling these dice over a series of rolls, paying money to either re-roll your dice or keep more than one dice at a turn. And then whenever everybody's done rolling, you're going to go move across the board, and based on how many of a certain number you have... Um, is going to determine if you get the reward for that section. So literally the game is just, hey, I roll better than you here. I get this reward. If you get nothing, then you get like a consolation prize. It's super simple to teach. Everybody's familiar with Yahtzee. Most people are familiar with how poker works. It's not really pokery, but close enough that you can explain it pretty simple. And I just think I've played this with many people who aren't really huge gamers, and it's gone over well every single time. And to me, that's what a good gateway game is. I agree. It's super easy to get people to. Uh, it's super easy to get people to understand. It's um, it's a really it is a it's a good game. And this is one game that I will say the expansion makes it even more accessible to new players. Agreed. I think that you throw that second place kind of thing in there, it gets pe- more people involved, um, which is kind of awesome too. So uh, I will agree. I think that that's a great choice. Yeah, I've played, I played this game probably 15 times, and I've never used the expansion until this weekend. And the expansion does really make it a little, a little more of a fun game for beginners and people who aren't quite yet gamers. Yeah, my my number three is going to be one that I just I personally have had a ton of success with trying to get people to see there's more with games or see that there's more to games. Um, than what you grew up with, like the game of life and stuff like that. And that is Airlines Europe. I have had really good luck with that game. It's not heavy. It has about four or five things going on in it that you kind of keep track on. Not even that many, more like three things. Um, and on your choice, you've got one of four choices that you can do. So you can either do A, B, C, or D. And there's not a lot more choices other than that that you can take. So um, I think it's been a really good game for me to get people to play. Um, it's one that maybe people need to have played Ticket to Ride or something like that first for, but I, I don't really think so. I think it's just a great game. Simple. Shows how economics and stocks would work in a game. Um, I just It's one that not only am I picking it because it's easy to pick up, I'm also picking it because I love playing it. So sometimes a good gateway game is a game that if you've been in the hobby for a while – you you hate pick you hate playing yourself as a more gamer person and you're doing it as a favor uh, to the person who's new to the hobby. But this is one that like I really enjoy playing myself too. So that's why I picked Airlines Europe. Uh, this is one that man, if I wish we could have snuck a play of this game in, it only takes about forty five minutes to an hour. Um, but it's just a nice little medium weight family game that I think non gamers can pick up pretty quick. That's cool. Yeah, I just always assumed that game was heavier than that with the stock piece. Whenever I hear stock, I just assume. It, heavy yeah. like 18 xx game or whatever it's it's almost like you it's one of those games too where it's like you need someone who knows how to run the game 
And then if one person can run the game and like do all the adjustments to prices and stuff, it ends up making it be kind of a kind of an easy game to to play. Um, by the way, Dice Town did make it onto the top 150 gateway games on that poll. You have any guess about where it came in? Uh, we'll go 150. 133. Wow. So, uh, and then my pick didn't make it on there at all. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. All right, so I kind of broke mine down into different categories. So Dice Town was my dice game. I just picked arbitrary categories, but uh-huh. Dice Town was a dice game. And then my next pick is going to be an area control game slash set collection, and it's called World's Fair 1893. I'm really interested in this game. In fact, I traded for it in the last week. So tell me more about it. Okay, so basically each player is going to get a color of cubes. And on your turn, you're going to take – you're going to play cards that you get from – to start and from gaining cubes by placing or from gaining cards by placing cubes to place other cubes. So say I play a card that says I can place in the red area. I'll put a cube in the red area and then any cards under that area I get to take. So I'm trying to place cubes to have the most control of each area to get points. And I'm also trying to collect cards of certain colors to have the most of the set so I can cash them in to obtain these little chips of that color and if you can collect a whole set of five you get a ton of points so you're basically trying to control the area to collect sets and hmm. it takes place in about i think 30 minutes is the longest i've ever played this game with four people it, it flies by i i might be totally disappointed when i get this game but i traded for it because i've heard good things like i heard people say it's a rock solid game but i love history and i live pretty close to chicago and I'm pretty sure the 1893 World's Fair was the Columbian Exposition in Chicago, right? I mean, is that is that uh, right? Well, you know how I love theme, so um, <laughs> I, I gotta say I, don't, I didn't really look at the cards or where it took place, other than that it was a World's Fair in 1893. So maybe. Well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know what? That's going to be a Google search away when you start talking again, because uh, <laughs> I'm too curious about it. You probably hear my keyboard clicking right now. Um, that's a good pick, as far as I can tell. I've not played it yet, but yeah, it was the Columbian Exposition, which is amazing. Like that was the first time that they had like electric lights, um, widely viewed. It was a really neat, like turning of the century, like becoming of the modern era, World's Fair. And actually, a lot of the landmarks in Chicago are are results of the World's Fair. So like the big museum campus there is from the World's Fair. A lot of the parks, right. um, so. Pretty yeah, cool. I'll, I'm excited about it. And I, I hear there's like quite a bit of information on the cards. Like there's a lot of history in the game. So. Yeah, the cards have actual things, actual like images from the World's Fair, like stuff that took place there. I do know that. I don't know what they are because, again, <laughs> I was just looking at the colors because that's what I like to do. I like to kill the theme. But, yeah, it is cool if you're into the history stuff for sure. We're both going to love this game because I'm going to love the theme and love that like – it's it's a rock solid game, but I'm gonna love that this like rich like history game is there, and you're gonna love it because you're gonna say it's a simple way to do these really cool mechanics. Yep. So that's I mean that just shows how like games can be popular with different crowds. Well, my number two is one that you definitely are gonna want to talk about because I know you like it as well, and this is one that I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna go, dang it, I wish I would have thought of that game because I think you probably would have maybe maybe be slitted on your list, and that's uh, Mystery of the Abbey. Ooh, yeah, th- that is a good one. Uh, that's one that it's like, hey, have you played Clue before? Of course you have. Let me show you an actual good version of that game now. So um, that's that's why it made my list. Um, I think it's just got a, enough extra stuff to it 
that uh, Clue doesn't have that makes it a good game, like actual good game. Um, and it's another one of those games that is a it's a it's a not a hard game to pick up. It's a it's a gateway game, but it's one that I enjoy enough that I'm not going to be sad or upset that I've got to play it with people. So my number two is uh, Mystery of the Abbey. Um, and this is a game that it does play a lot like Clue. You travel around a map and you're trying to gather information by getting, you know, um, cards that you draw different places or asking other players questions about what they've, what they've figured out. So it does have a lot of things in, in common with Clue, but the theme is it all happens in an abbey and you're playing as monks. Um, and it does have some other kind of neat things that happen in it too. Um, like it has this little bell where you've got to get back to the, that's, I mean, that's just a fun little quirk in the game. Um, so it is a great gateway game for the most part. The only thing that's going to be prohibitive to this being a good gateway game is Days of Wonder I don't even think has this game in their literature anymore or on their website. And it's not being printed anymore. That's I don't sad. know that it ever will be printed again. And it's already starting to hit like 100 bucks on Amazon. So um, maybe it'll cool off again at some point and be accessible or get reprinted. But it's a good game. I think it's a really good game that people who are just like kind of fringe into games have been like, oh, that's a neat game and, and enjoyed it when I played it with them. I agree. And honestly, I mean, this you may not agree, but... I actually think this game is easier than Clue because there's only one thing you're trying to figure out. And all the information pretty much is everyone gets the, gets the information. So if I ask you a question, mm-hmm. everyone else is going to hear the answer to that question unless you, you know, keep it a secret and you don't answer it. But and like, there's, do, well, and like sometimes by not answering, you tell more than when you do answer. Correct. Yes, that's true. But, um, I, I think there is like a couple cards, like those like little tactics cards that say, ask a player a question, go in the other room and whisper the answer to each other. Yeah, that's So I think true. there are a couple things like that, but I think for the most part, you're right. So it's like the other thing too about that game, that's going to be good for a gateway gamer is that you are going to keep everybody engaged in that game all the time because you're always listening to what other people are saying and trying to figure out what they know or what they're, what they're communicating to each other. Because I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I need to know what's going on in this game, even when it's not my turn, which sometimes that's, that's hard to, uh, if someone's not super into games or not, you know, into the hobby yet, if you play a game and there's a lot of downtime in between people get bored. And so this one does keep people involved the whole time. It's another reason why I really enjoy it as a gateway game. Agreed. And one of my favorite things is like the bar that I measure most games. I beat my wife twice. So, um, <laughs> that makes me feel good. That's yeah, that does, that does feel good. <laughs> When you win games, you just like them better. I mean, it's just how it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Especially because she takes it so seriously. And then whenever she loses, it's, I don't know, just gives me joy. Yeah. So the next game I'm doing is my worker placement game. And this is the most probably, I guess, mainstream pick that I'm going to do. And that's Lords of Waterdeep. Which for me, I mean, there is another game that I would rather play over this. But essentially this game, you're taking your guy, you're putting it on a spot, you're collecting the goods. You're using those goods to complete contracts. Yep. End of game. Or, or you know, that's the whole game. It's, not, a lot it's, to, not a lot to teach. You just go here, collect the stuff, complete contracts, you're done. Well, and, and the objectives in that game are really clear cut. So if you're really new to games and you don't want to have to think about building new buildings or, you know, like maximizing different stuff, you can just say, hey, look, here's your, here's your quest. You've got these choices. You need to get these colored cubes and this amount of money to do it. 
So now go to this place to get this color. Oh, that matches what you have on your card. So you're going to get those cubes and start working on filling that grocery list up, you know, of your quest. So I think the fact that you've got these fairly easy to attain quests and then it's pretty cut and dry on how you do it makes it an excellent choice for a worker placement game. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, a gateway level game for sure. Right. The only issue I think that new people may have is those mandatory quest cards. Some some of those can just be brutal when you're almost ready to complete a quest and somebody hits you with one of those stupid mandatory quest cards and you have to go collect all these stupid purple cubes that you don't have any of. Ah. Uh, yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because that brings up one little tiny sidebar that I do want to talk to you about. When you're playing a game with someone who's brand new or when you're playing with a kid, for example, like you're playing a new game with a kid, will you sometimes play at like 80% effort so the other person has a chance to stay competitive? Uh, or do you do you play your best all the time and just, I'm going to crush you? Like, because I, I know some people play it both ways. Like, some people think that most people will know you're not doing your best and they won't, they'll feel like you're like patronizing them. But other people will say, you know what, I don't want someone to be beat so badly that they don't feel like they can never compete so i see both sides of it i like to play all out but while they're taking their turn i may give them suggestions that would hurt me some so like hey if you go here that's going to be the spot where i'd want to go and it's really going to screw me over if you do that that's a good compromise yeah i mean i want to play and have fun and if i'm if i'm not going to play all out then it's not going to be as fun to me but if i can still do my thing and then have them do their thing and possibly hurt me over then you know, clearly I'm not out to just win. I'm there. So they're having a good time too. Excellent. Uh, I'm going to give you my crazy honorable mentions, uh, before I tell you my number one here, DC deck building game. That's a game that like no one talks about at all period, but that's one that for whatever reason with my wife, it just clicked and she'll still play that one and be like, this is a good game. This is a fun game. And it's pretty easy to figure out. It's like, Hey, this is how much power you get where it says power this number you need that number to match this on the bottom when you add it all together and then these cards give you more power um and it's just a fun game it's pretty quick to play um that's one that like you wouldn't guess people are like oh yeah that's definitely one that i see as a uh as a gateway game the other ones that almost just so almost made my list uh there's three of them one is uh like handcuffed to another game so i'll talk to them both at the same time and that's finca and uh, Cinque Terra, like those are both like produce type delivery games. So in theme, they're really similar and they both have to do with like um, transporting goods and set collection. Um, but they both are so light and just pretty games that they're, they're really good. And then the, uh, the last one that I want to mention, and it's just a little too heavy to be a worker, uh, to be a, to be a gateway game, but it's such a good game and it's just almost there for being a gateway game. And that is um, Manhattan project. Um, that mm. game is really good for worker placement, but it has a couple little quirks in it that make it not a necessarily typical worker placement game. Uh, so that's why I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily use it as my first choice. And then the totally radical choice that I'm going to just mention right now that I didn't pick, but I've had so much luck with this game for whatever reason with people who are just totally not gamers is Power Grid. I get that game out and people just see that front box cover, which most people say it's ugly, but it's just intriguing. People are like, oh, what are you doing in this game? And I go, well, it's an auction game and you're balancing getting resources with powering cities and uh, there's a map and it's kind of like whatever. And they go, is it like Risk? And I go, no, it's nothing like Risk. And so then we end up playing it and they really enjoy it. But um, it's not one that you would think in 100 years would be a good a good gateway game because it's kind of a little heavier, but I've had really good luck with it. So with all those honorable mentions, my number one though is uh 
is none other than Takenoko. Um, it's one that I think is just the right weight that I still enjoy it. Um, it's got that like just cute factor to it. So people are going to be like, oh, this is adorable. And that stacking bamboo is really fun to have. Um, but it's got enough mechanics in it that are just like interesting mechanics and things that maybe don't translate to other games, but are not your typical roll and move or buy and sell or whatever. That is, is something that's kind of fun. Um, it's set collection a little bit. It's a little bit of action selection, um, but it's just a really fun game. It's the right weight, and it's just one that I've had a lot of luck with getting non-gamers to play. Yeah, that was on my short list for sure. I mean, the panda and the bamboo right there draw people in. Every time I sure. busted that out, people are like, ooh, this panda's awesome. And then they realize <laughs> yeah. they can only do like four things, and it's not super overwhelming. They're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, that's a good one. And then the other thing, too, is like the box art is cute and adorable and whatever. So if people see it in your box of games, at like a family get together, they are intrigued with it, with that cartooniness. But True. then, then you break it open, you pull up in the box and it's got that lavender insert. So it's not got that like heavy black, <laughs> like scary looking insert. Yeah. And then, and then you go, Oh, Hey, did you need a coaster? Cause here's coasters that are included with this game. And it has this cute <laughs> little like cartoony coasters. And then, and then you pull out the miniatures, the little, like, I mean, even the little gardeners kind of cute. Um, but then that Panda just like, breaks your heart how cute he is so yeah that's true uh, yeah so what else was that well go ahead well for that game i also have chibis and it comes with a little pink a little female panda and little babies which is you know that's cute too so does chibis add quite a bit to the game i've never picked it up but i've heard good things you know honestly i've had it for like two years and i've never even played it i just sometimes i sit out the female panda so it looks like the male panda's running to her or something (laughs) but outside of that yeah not a lot going on with it the other expansion that came out at the same time is the Takedo expansion, like Crossroads or whatever it's called. Never played with it either, but I've heard good things about it as well. Yeah, I've only played the the base game on that, and I that's it, just one time. But it was fun. I I wouldn't put it on my board games that I would introduce to new players, just because it's kind of boring almost. Um, it's pretty. It's got some cool things going on with it, but it's a little boring. And if you get behind in that game, it's hard to get caught up. Yeah. So anyway, uh. Uh, uh, anything else in your shortlist you want to talk about? Yeah, I have a few that I, I want to give some shout outs to as well. So one that it's not even a game that I even want to play ever because I've played it about a thousand times, but it's Dixit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been, we at Thanksgiving or Christmas, I don't know, one of the last holidays, we had some family over that never really played board games at all. And we introduced them to Dixit. We, me and my wife left the table and they played a whole other round and bought it off Amazon. Huh. So, I mean, that's the mark of a good game when they're when people want to play it when you're not even sitting with them. I've played that game like eight times and I never want to play it again. So, I'm with you on that, though. Uh, yeah. The next one I want to talk about is um, Black Fleet. Mm, that's a good choice. Yeah. I mean, it's pick up and deliver. That's all it is. And that's a good way to get people into the, hey, go here, get this cube, bring this cube back to get points. It's a simple game. You got some piracy so you can go around and beat people up if you want to or you can just go get cubes and bring it back in i have such mixed emotions about that game like my mixed emotions about that game are i look at that game and i really enjoy it and i see that it has nice production nice art it's a good sized box has quite a bit in the box honestly too and then that game is like seriously 26 bucks or something i mean like pretty regularly i think msrp on it's like 39 and then you can buy it for like 26 to 30 dollars almost all the time and so i think man that's really great 
that that game is as good as it is, has as much in the box as it has, and it's it's at a good price point. Where that, like that is another key thing with gateway gamers too. If you show them the best game of the world, but then it's like two hundred bucks, they're gonna be like, "What? I can't afford to get into this hobby. Forget it." Um, so like playing Blackfeet with someone, and then they go on Amazon and they say, "Oh man, I can get this for twenty six bucks. I think I'll do that because I would like to play with these people or whatever." Um, is really cool. But the part that I hate is I'm like, why is this game like seriously under thirty bucks regularly? And it has as much production to it as these other games that are sixty. Like I don't understand yeah. that. So I don't, I don't get it either. I I got I only picked it up because it was ten dollars at some Black Friday sale online. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And for ten bucks, I'll give it a go. Yeah, and yeah, it's fun. I, yeah, I don't get it either. I have one more that I want to talk about. Go for it. It's Order of the Gilded Compass. I don't know if you played that. I haven't. Um, essentially, you get like eight dice, seven dice. You're rolling these dice and placing them on these six locations in in either like ascending order, so one, two, three, four, five, six, as like pairs or as a three of a kind or four of a kind to collect the rewards. So you're using the dice to go to the area to get these little people and little locations so that people can dig at the locations because it's like an archaeology theme. Mm-hmm. And you want to match like an orange person with an orange place. And you're going to get bonus points if you can have a matching person at a matching colored place. So, I mean, it's really simple. It's gone over pretty well with people that I've played. And it's actually, a, it might be like a gateway plus because there's kind of a decent amount of rules. But it's still, I think a beginner can pick it up and do just fine at it. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and finish this out. We're, we're coming up on an hour, which is about the length we want to be at um, for you guys who are still listening. Um, these are games that I might see becoming gateway games, go-to gateway games for me, but I just haven't played them enough yet with new gamers to know yet. And that one, the one right at the top of my head that is the first one I go to is Sagrada. Like, Sagrada is such a pretty game. It's not too complicated. And that's one that I think, man, maybe this is one that I could get somebody who's not super into games to try out and then get hooked on the hobby. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's just simple enough and pretty enough that it could be right in that sweet spot of being what you call gateway for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, that one's almost too simple for me. So that's not something that I'd want to play with somebody that's new. But I see what you're saying. Like, new people could probably just pick it up on their own and learn it and right. have a great time. The other one's Azul. I think Azul is a game that it takes five minutes to explain it. But it's it's a good enough game that I think people would really enjoy it. And I love that game. Like, I would sit down and play that game pretty much anytime anybody asked me to play it. So uh, Azul is another one that I just absolutely love. Yeah, I'd rather play that than Sagrada. The only my only beef with that is the scoring is pretty convoluted. I think it's not as simple and straightforward as I think it should be. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the rest of the gameplay is super simple and smooth, for sure. Well, that is about all I've got to say. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, probably, but I can't think of it right now. So yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so. Basically, what he's saying is go to our Facebook page and look for us to uh, do an update to this. Some comments on the episode. <laughs> yeah, that exclusive that's, content. That's exactly what uh, that's I'm saying. Clever marketing there, Jason. Good job. I like that. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. I'll tell you one that I think would be a good gateway game if you could actually find it is A Fake Artist Goes to New York. I think that game looks really fun, but it's just hard to find. Is that the um, one where... Each person draws in like a different color marker or something. It's like Spyfall. Um, like one person has just a card that says you're the fake artist, and mm-hmm. then everyone else has like a card that says dog. And so everyone's drawing a dog, 
But if the person who's the fake artist can figure out what everyone was drawing, then they win. So you have uh, okay. to draw a dog, but kind of a bad dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, that will be fun. Uh, and and you know what? Like, I'm going to send my apologies to you right now because a game that we played over the weekend that I really did like a lot, but we didn't talk about at all was The Gallerist. That game is very good. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't talk about it either. That's one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great game. I would play it again for sure. And I feel like I would know what I'm doing the second time. So, um, yeah, I, it, I love it. It takes a couple plays. I'd play it over Venus and I would play it over, uh, like other heavier games that it gets compared to at times. So, um, it's, it's a really good game. I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you because I love it. That's why we played it. Absolutely. So in closing, I'm going to just mention this. This is kind of a neat little result that came off the BGG poll that I think people might like enjoy to hear this. What reasons do you play these games we're calling gateways? So why do you keep playing these games that are called gateways? Um, 74% of people said I play them with family members. And I totally agree with that. Like they're games that I can get my dad to play or my brothers who aren't gamers to play. Mm-hmm. 73% of people said, so I know it's, you're crazy. You're thinking, hey, wait, 150% already on the second option. I think you were allowed to pick as many things as you wanted on this poll. They're, they're fun games. <laughs> 63 to be evangelical, to draw people into the hobby. 56% because I'm tired of playing those brain burning games and I want a more relaxed game night. Uh, 17% said they're my favorite games. And 3% said other. And then, um, and then, uh, they're also saying what makes a game a gateway basically while they're fun. They work with family members. They draw new people into the hobby. Uh, they're more mentally relaxed and something else is the result. And those were all like pretty well, um, pretty, pretty well, like, uh, evenly distributed on what they said makes a gateway game. So that's, that's it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening this week. Uh, we continue to try and improve and, and be more interesting. I hope you guys are there for the journey. And as always, go to our Facebook page and give us a high five so we know that you listened all the way to the end because that's kind of what we do. Eventually, we'll have to sw- switch it up because I think you guys will pick up on it. So for at least for a while, it'll be high five. <laughs> and and uh, if you leave us a review, like let us know and I'll give you a high 10. <laughs> I was going to say a high six because I think a high six is cool. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> reference. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. I've been Joel. I'm Jason. And it's been fun talking to you. Right, we'll see you next week.